Welcome back to another episode of When Banned Things Happen to Good People, the podcast about censorship and the arts. My name is Todd Sullivan. With me, as always, is Oren Barter. That's me. And uh, joining us this week is a very special guest, friend of the podcast, Mr. Dave Colmine. Oh, hello, hello. So glad to be here. And today we are taking a look at the 1989 Two Life Crew album, Nasty As They Wanna Be. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Music break. Da, 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 da. I know. I love your show. I listen to it. I know how this works. It's exciting. I get to be on it. Yeah. We have an actual format. Actually, I mean, all good podcasts have a format. Your podcast is a format. And Dave, while we're while, while we're starting out, why don't you tell us? It's good to see you here. Yeah. Um, it's been a while since you've been on. Um, really glad to have you on because, uh, of course, you are a, a very talented musician, and uh, we're taking a look at a, a, a musical subject this week. But you are also a podcaster in your own right. Uh, yeah, thanks so much, Todd. It is cool to be here. Uh, yeah, I, I was, am, slash am a full-time uh, professional musician up here in Canada. And uh, yeah, and since pandemic, I've created my own podcast called Mysteries and Madness, which I co-host with Todd Sullivan, who you guys Woo, are familiar that's me. with. I love that name. Uh, the, the premise is that Todd Sullivan is a detective in 1945, uh, solving cases with supernatural elements. And I play all the characters he runs into and then take that audio that we we record, uh, and turn it into a radio drama full of sound effects and Foley and just a general sense of the space. If you're in a warehouse, you can hear the echo. And if you get out of your car, you can hear the car door and, uh, yeah, just trying to bring the listener with us on the journey we go on. And that space, the sense of space is, is, is so well realized in the podcast. Like, um, we're, we've got a new episode we're recording, uh, this coming weekend, and so I have to get caught up in the podcast so I remember like what happened in the last couple episodes before I dive in again. So I was listening to a recent episode today and just you can you just let yourself kind of ooze into it. Just sort of let it envelop you and, and experience the world. It's it's uh, quite a unique thing. Well, thanks so much. It's Mysteries and Madness. Mysteries and Madness. So check it out if you're interested. You can yeah. find that on uh, all your regular podcast apps. It's you know what, and it's really it's it's so cool in that sort of situation. Like with with this podcast, it doesn't really matter where we are. We don't have to create a sense of of structure anywhere. Like we right. just talk. Um, but with yours, like with the things that you add, the things that you do, the world that you create, you know, because a lot of what you see is what you hear, you know. And like when I listen to your podcast, I really do picture everything in my head. And every little piece that you put in there really does resonate visually. And like, it's just, it's freaking awesome. It's awesome. awesome. <laughs> I love it. High, I love high it. High praise coming from you, Oren. Uh, Oren is also a terrific musician. And so I, I really do appreciate his insights. And uh, thank you very much, man. Very cool. Yeah, man. Well, I'm super glad to have uh, two musicians on this show while we discuss a <laughs> uh, musical subject uh, that I may be offering Less insight to than usual, or I guess we'll see. 
Cool, cool. Um, before we get into that, though, um, we have our, our usual check-in on uh, beverages. Yes. You have, a, you have a beverage in front of you, Oren? I do. So um, I was trying to actually find a drink that would kind of work with this the theme of t- of today's podcast okay um, so I'm, i was I'm trying intrigued. to find i was trying to find like some craft beer that was like had some super slutty like girl on the front i guess there's the red racer is pretty much the sluttiest one i can think of um couldn't find any red <laughs> racer like or anything that. like that sorry yeah. that hot that hot take that red racer is the sluttiest of the beers <laughs> is a fucking fantastic hot take i'm sorry to interrupt you, I really... <laughs> no it's okay but i really so couldn't good. find anything that like that reached the level of nastiness of this album. Right. So what I ended up getting was uh, good, clean fun. So I thought I would cleanse oh. my palate with <laughs> some good, clean fun <laughs> yeah, after yeah, listening yeah. to this album. Required, I think, after this nasty album. Yeah. Um, so this, you, is, this is oh, a West right, Coast IPA. It's from Twin Sales Brewing, and it's actually really good. So that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, Todd, you asked me what I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking yeah. Whistler Brewing Company Grapefruit Ale. Uh, oh, I've had that. Pick that up after work. Uh, we're here in Kamloops, British Columbia, and spring has sprung, and it got pretty warm today. And I drank this now empty can of beer uh, in my driveway <laughs> with sweat on my brow just from the beautiful sunshine. And yeah. it was a great moment. I really I really enjoyed that moment. And now, because it's the evening is nearing the end, I have a Wiley Wolverine because it's 8%. Nice. Yeah, there you go. The only one yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where I'm at right now. I like those grapefruit beer, and there's there's something about yeah having a nice cold beer uh, right in the in the warm sun. That's a mwah, chef kiss kind of moment. I mean, that's it's great. it's delicious, but it's also like completely the wrong thing you want to be drinking when you're sweating. Yeah, it's not it's not very uh, hydrating, I guess ultimately. But, <laughs> but it feels like it but is. It feels so good. It feels great. Yeah. It feels amazing. Um, I picked up a, a sampler pack of a bunch of sours from a, a brewery I haven't tried before called Spectrum Beer Company. And I am currently drinking a uh, a fuzzy peach sour from them. Okay. Uh, I have tried. Uh, they have um, a hot pink lemonade that I, I tried one of earlier this week, and then just before this, I had they had a, a a black cherry sour as well. So far, of the three, the fuzzy peach I like the best. Very cool. What's the name of that brewing company again, Todd? It is Spectrum. That the Spectrum logo looks like the Umbrella Corporation logo from Resident Evil. Uh, that's anyway. That's oh, that little bit, the little, uh, yeah, the little, yeah, that bit right there. Okay, a little bit, yeah. That's a, uh, it's like a hexagonal shape with like an intricate design inside the hexagon. Yeah, I don't know. It gives me a, gives the Umbrella vibes. Maybe it's just the new Resident Evil coming out this week. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I hope it doesn't. I hope there's no T virus inside this one. <laughs> that's right. You already got that with your vaccine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, am I okay? Good, good. And that that comes with the five G then, <laughs> bro. You got five G? I got five G in my arm. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I got my <laughs> shot too. Yeah, as do I. So there you go. It's, Did you actually? Happening. Yeah, I work nice. for the Red Cross. So that, oh, okay. Yeah, of course, I received a yeah. little. Uh... Okay, so uh, let's get into this. Um, many many years ago, the year nineteen eighty nine. Strange time to be alive. Um, out of curiosity, how old were you guys in 1989, if alive at all? I I was seven years old. I'm an 82 baby. Uh, okay. In 19, I was 
I was one. You were one. Okay. Maybe, maybe at best. For, yeah. I was I was like less than one for most of '89. <laughs> what kind of an impact, Orin, did this album have on you when you were one year old? <laughs> Zero. I was too busy listening to um, the Thriller. I think it was Thriller. I used to listen to as a baby and uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Um, okay. okay, that's what my parents would put. That I'd cry just to listen to. I'd cry. They'd try to feed me. I wouldn't want any food. Nothing. No, they they'd, Jackson, they'd put on CCR and I would calm right down. Gotcha. Like many youths, he just craved the Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Uh, I, w- mm. I would have been seven. <laughs> I almost did a spit take there. My mouth was full of beer when you said that. <laughs> I know. I got away with it. <laughs> uh, I was 17 when this album came out, uh, but it completely passed me by. This was not the kind of music I was listening to. Uh, probably not really the kind of music I'm listening to now. Um, <laughs> it was uh, it was released on the Skywalker Records label. Um, that was the label owned by Luther Campbell, who was a member of uh, Two Live Crew. Okay. Not always though. He uh, he kind of started the record label Skywalker Records uh, with two Y's uh, because his stage name was Luke Skywalker with two Y's, sometimes <laughs> three apparently. Um, and he kind of discovered the initial two live crew, brought them to, I believe, Florida, um, where they it makes gained sense popularity. That this came out of Florida. And he he ended up joining the band after signing them to his label. Okay. Um, this uh, "Nasty as They Want to Be" was the last release from Skywalker Records because they were sued by none other than George Lucas. Um, it was also the group's largest seller. Um, reaching double platinum uh, by the Recording Industry Association of America. I got a bunch of history here that I'm going to go through before we get into like no the sweat. actual album. Uh, the, the history part there was interesting. You said this album grossed well. Is it this version or the clean version, or do they combine the two? That's what I want. Oh, That's okay. a really good, That's question. A good question. I yeah. I doubt it's the clean version that was the highest grossing. Mm. Um, I'm just guessing that like the way that... like platinum albums and double platinum albums are decided it's based on a single album not like all versions of a release right so this would be this album is that true you know i would have thought it would be like the combined but why though because it's the same music it's just altered a little bit yeah but it's based on the sales of a record right so it's based on the sales of a single release Okay. Yeah, and they so made it this release. two releases versus like yeah. Cypress Hills Black Sunday had a clean version I got through Columbia House, but that would have been one. It was just the clean version of the same record, whereas this one was re-released under a different Oh, name. I you know see. I mean? Yeah. Oh, okay, so I understand. It, oh, I understand. I'm, right. I, I so it's not like Todd's one with... good. So it's not like it was one with explicit content, one without... But everything the same, like everything else the same, just with that parental advisory ripped off. Like they release it two completely different. Two complete albums. Correct. They had an entirely oh, different name. Okay. It was called okay. As Clean As They Want to Be. Um, the track lift listing was slightly different. It was. Um, because there, it included two songs, I believe, that weren't on um, Nasty As They Want to Be, including a parody of, of Roy Orbison's... Um, do you remember this, Dave? Pretty Woman? You sound like you know what I'm talking about. Hmm? I think it was Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, yeah. Pretty Woman. Uh, and here's another example. These guys have uh, been responsible for some uh, some major legal decisions regarding uh, music and copyright in America. 
The Pretty Woman song led to another court case that went all the way to the Supreme Court. This is not what we're talking about today, but I'll mention it anyway. um, About whether or not uh, a parody still counted as a parody if it was profitable. Okay. Hmm. Right? So they won that one, obviously. They won that one. Yeah. Absolutely. Because now there's like, just eat it by weird, like, yeah, well, weird, there's this weird, made weird Al's career. Like, yeah. <laughs> well, see, this is, this. I'm pretty sure Weird Al's career started before that lawsuit happened, but it's just, I don't think anybody ever tried to fight him for it because he always got permission. Right. He always reached out to the You're artist. Right. was like, hey, I want to do this song. Do you mind? That's right. Um, these guys were like, fuck Roy Orbison, we'll do whatever the fuck we want to do. And then they did it all the way to the Supreme Court and won. Okay. Um, so back to uh, Nasty As We Want To Be. Um, it was released with the explicit lyrics advisory sticker that we've all come to know and tolerate. Um, <laughs> but there were some people who didn't think that that sticker went far enough given the content. And they were like, this, this doesn't really, like, th- this is unlike anything that we were prepared for when we came up with this labeling system. And so the album was investigated by the Broward County Sheriff's Office in Florida in February 1990, and a federal district judge, Jose Gonzalez, ruled that the album was obscene, making it illegal to own or to sell or whatever in certain counties in Florida. Following that, June 9th, 1990, the three band members were arrested at a a sex club in Broward County. I don't know what a sex club is. I'm assuming it's a strip club, but... um, Anyway, they were arrested at a sex club. They had strip clubs in the 80s. I'm pretty sure they were having sex yeah. in that club. Um, but they, they were arrested for, <laughs> yeah. performing, for performing the music, um, and their albums were seized as well. Um, eventually, the case would reach the 11th U.S. Citric Court of Appeals, which reversed Gonzalez's ruling, uh, basically stating that the, the argument of the state was that it was obscene and um, had no artistic value. Okay. But the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals found that the state did not prove that it had no artistic value. Uh, from there, Florida tried to take it to the Supreme Court. Supreme Court didn't want to listen to it. That's as far as it goes. Bing, bang, boom. Uh, it was found obscene, and then it wasn't found obscene. I like this bit. Uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with um, Christopher Hitchens. He he died a while ago, but he was a, a fairly well uh, outspoken uh, atheist, um, just speaker in general. And I guess he wrote a column uh, right after this uh, the 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 controversy occurred with the album, um, and specifically it was in response to uh, or not in response to, but he was pointing to on the cover of the album. It said, "If you don't like the record." You can kiss our motherfucking ass. That's what <laughs> Two Live Crew is saying. And uh, Hitchens, oh Hitchens wrote this, and I, I wanted okay. to read it because I, I quite liked it. Uh, Precisely. It's obvious to this reviewer that the crew should be left alone and that their foul-mouthed attitude toward the gentler sex is a good-sounding excuse for a youth-hating and surreptitiously bigoted prosecution. I don't know the private thoughts of Sheriff Nick Navarro of Broward County, but I doubt they are worth a rat's behind and see no reason why he should, should sublimate his own vagina-dreading disorders in this expensive and undemocratic fashion. The same applies to the preposterous Judge Jose Gonzalez Jr., 
who in ruling on Sheriff Navarro's raid opined that the music appeals to the loins, not the intellect. In fact, I think they are a pair of racist shitheads who should be told to fuck right off. <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. There you go. Tell, what tell us what you really said. feel. Jesus Christ. Now, listener, if you're wondering what is this material, uh, I have pulled up uh, several verses from different songs that at some point during this we'll probably talk about. That okay. is so cool. I was thinking about doing that. I was thinking about taking uh, some selections, and I'm so glad you did, because I didn't. Share your thoughts on this little piece of musical history. Okay, I'll go first. Um, yeah, so there were probably a lot of songs on this album that didn't really need to exist, that were kind of like repetitious of previous songs on the album. Like There was a whole lot of points that they were making that they just kept on making. Um, there were some songs that were quite catchy. I don't think there was really a whole lot of musical genius going on in this album, to be honest with you. But there was a whole lot of, you know, kind of that bravado, I don't give a fuck, I'm going to say what I want. There really was no punches pulled. Um it was uh it was interesting it wasn't awful all the time sometimes it was just it was no good um but there was a couple of songs on there that were kind of catchy that made you laugh made you chuckle at the ridiculousness of it and uh i mean i could definitely see why people would get um you know fucking upset about an album like this but Compared to some of the shit that's come out since this, uh, well, you know, there's still some pretty there's there's some parts in this, there's some parts that were like, okay, buddy, like calm the fuck down. A whole lot about bum sex and a whole lot about I don't know. It, it, it's pretty wild. Like there was, like I said, no punches pulled in this album, and if you got to give them something, you got to give them that. They just didn't mm-hmm. fucking hold back. Dave. It's nasty, man. I mean, they called it <laughs> as nasty as they want to be, and they weren't lying. It's no, nasty. That's... I mean, I would never choose to put this on, but it's banging. It's banging start to back, <laughs> in my opinion. This thing slaps hard. I can't believe it. There's, I mean... <laughs> It it made me it made me question um, my sexual abilities. I mean, I have never <laughs> once in my life thought I could just walk around and state in lyric that I was a hard dicked pussy purveyor. But I wish I could. Like I wish I had the confidence. Like I, I just don't. Like I just uh, I just don't. But you know it truly was nasty and just so cool i mean i know we're going to talk more about it and we'll we will probably just list it but there are so many fantastic artists sampled i heard hendrix i heard mm-hmm. van halen mm-hmm. i mean you know i heard stuff from stanley kubrick movies i heard stanley kubrick movies right exactly there's <laughs> jefferson aeroplane in the scene from the stanley kubrick movie just to really kind of amp up the sampling um 
the guy, Mr. Mix of Two Live Crew. He's the DJ, uh, a turntablist is what I call them. And uh, he's the guy sampling all this stuff on the turntables. And I think my greatest takeaway from the entire album is that their turntablist is stellar. That guy yeah. is very yeah. good. You have to understand, mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I guess it's done in studio, so it's multiple tracks but if you're trying to recreate this live you've got two turntables and you're sampling this stuff back and forth and picking these spots within a piece of pressed vinyl and yeah there was no digitization back then yeah like uh, the stuff i'm familiar with my friends like it's it's laptops and digital tables this was sampling of pressed vinyl and it is so tight the cutting is amazing there's some really great cutting on the album, and that's my biggest takeaway is that Mr. Mix, who's the producer and turntablist, is really great. He is a talented individual. And a bit he's a rock yep. and roll artist. That's rock and roll rap for sure. For sure. Uh, I recall there being at least one song in there where uh there was something that sounded like like a guitar solo, but it sounded like it was being done on the turntable that blew my mind. Yeah, there's some really fantastic turntable work. Mr. Mix. Yeah. AKA David Hobbs. <laughs> so yeah, my my take, uh I didn't hate it. Much like much like Dave. I, I thought like from a musical sense, like I I kind of stopped paying attention to the lyrics about halfway through because as Oren said, there is a lot of repetition. It's a lot of like I, I got a big dick and I want to stuff it into pussies and <laughs> Uh, you know. so accurate like that's just so ridiculously accurate and and so like about halfway through because it, it's a fairly long album too it's like it's 18 yeah. tracks yeah it's it's more than an hour uh and so yeah about about halfway through i just started like kind of zoning out browsing the web and just <laughs> vibing with the music and for the most part i really liked you know musically all of the tracks but the only one that, that rubbed me the wrong way was the um the nursery rhyme one because it didn't seem to click with me musically okay. and it didn't click with me lyrically. So like it was a, a foul ball on both those regards. It was just like a, an, a, an aborted attempt at uh, trying to get a musical recording from Andrew Dice Clay. And that's, that's a comedian that I never appreciated. So. And I, I think, there, I think there was like three songs on the album that were like pretty much exactly the same as that, like same flow, same everything. Yeah. Yeah. I've Sorry, got a ver- I've got a verse from that. P.O.S. Okay. of a tune Go ahead. coming up for later. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, we're talking um, about it right now. You know, the, yeah. one of the big takeaways for me, we're talking about repetitious lyrics. Like, I kept kind of putting my head up going like, okay, so they're talking about getting your dick sucked on this one too, huh? Like, I just feel like it's a universal <laughs> yeah. truth that no one's getting their dick sucked as much as they want. I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> There's always room for more of that in men's lives is what you're saying. Um, but you know what? Like, PSA, this is good- PSA for when bad things happen to good people. Let's get some more dick sucked out there. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, You're speaking about dirty nursery rhymes. Um, I've got a verse from it. Uh, uh, this is uh, hit by uh, Brother Marcus. Um, I've actually put a note on here to do it in an English accent. I don't think I can do any of this in my real voice, so I'm just going to play <laughs> okay. with this a little bit. Uh, here we go. Um, sure. My mama and your mama was talking a little shit. My mama called your mama a bulldogged ass bitch. I know your sister, and that bitch ain't shit. She slayed me and all the boys, and even sucked our dicks. Jack and Jill went up the hill to have a little fun. Jack got mad, kicked Jill in the ass, because she couldn't make him come. You ain't got no shit for me. Ooh. My mama and your 
was talking a little shit. My mama called your mama a bull dogging ass bitch. I know your sister and the bitch ain't shit. She slayed me and all the boys and even sucked our dick. And it's it's you know, <laughs> there's a lot of that, so I understand why people would be upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and this is like you got to think of the mentality of people. Uh, you know, that '89 is what? That's 30, 32 years ago. Um, but also, you know, I was watching. Um, there's a there's a a program on Amazon Prime, I think, that I've been watching called. Uh, like it was the 90s and it's a look back at what the 90s was like and as someone who kind of like you know was a teenager and an early adult through that period it was sort of a, a fun flashback to what what existence was like and a reminder that like this was a time that like on the one hand you know previous to that like sex wasn't something that anybody really talked about openly but this was also like right at the beginning of the AIDS epidemic where you had to start talking about sex openly if you wanted to be engaging in sex without potentially fucking dying. And so I think this album came at a time and I don't, I, I'm not saying that this was the intention of two live crew to put out something like, Oh, people are more comfortable talking about sex now. So let's, you know, we'll put out this album that will do that. But I think it's, it's a coincidental thing that it happened to kind of fall in the middle of this as people were opening up about sex and it, it, um, and of course, you know, the young, especially teenagers who were all thinking about sex constantly, want to play this album in their car stereo while they're driving down the road proving how you know horny they are all the time and 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 how much they're getting it even when they're not and um, <laughs> yeah i think it was it it definitely hit at the right time okay. i agree i i think in listening to it that was one of the big takeaways for me is just I mean, there's they're saying things that make me blush, and I think someone should be like, as long as they're not hateful, hurtful things. I think that's a good thing in our society to have someone just pushing those limits. And I'm glad that these guys are out there doing it. Well, and it's it's weird to listen to in in 2021. I think because you know we just had wet ass pussy uh, <laughs> as a as a thing not that long ago. Which, admittedly, you know, there's still plenty of pearl clutching about that as well so like have we really come this far i mean i think i think the the issue with wet ass pussy is now you've got like women who were trying to express themselves sexually and uh and that has people being like oh no 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 we can't we got to stop it there we've already got men expressing themselves sexually that's that's gone too far as it is so um it is listening it is interesting listening to it uh kind of after that or in the context of that and, and where we are right now as a society. Agreed. But I like the fact that, um, you know, when you're talking about like people getting their panties in a bunch about this, I mean, I don't think wet ass pussy is getting put up on obscenity charges, right? Like I think we've moved forward in that respect. That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's, you know, again, the obscenity charges we're only in one county in one state. Right. Okay. Um, admittedly, it it almost went to the Supreme Court, but it, it still could happen that one little area someplace, you know, you know, d decides to ban dancing like in Footloose and all of a sudden it's a whole thing. <laughs> right. right. Um, yeah. All it takes is one place to be like, this is uh, this is obscenity 
and we're not going to stand for it. And maybe this is a good time for me to give you the uh, not particularly good definition of what obscenity is in the U.S. Okay, I'd love to hear it. So um, there's a couple of uh, different Supreme Court cases that have kind of established the standards. Um, and this is what they are. Um, but again, what's interesting is it's not about these are things that are obscene. It's about, so here it is, whether the average person applying contemporary adult community standards finds that the matter taken as a whole appeals to prurient interests, i.e. an erotic, lascivious, abnormal, unhealthy, degrading, shameful, or morbid interest in nudity, sex, or excretion. That's definition one. Uh, Two, whether the average person applying contemporary adult community standards finds that the matter depicts or describes sexual conduct in a patently offensive way, i.e. ultimate sexual acts, normal or perverted, actual or simulated, masturbation, excretory functions, lewd exhibition of the genitals, or sadomasochistic sexual abuse, and three, whether a reasonable person finds that the matter, taken as a whole, lacks serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value. Right. And it has to satisfy uh, all three, I believe. You know, I, I, and so like I, when he, and I hear those, I go, you could apply that to this album. Uh, like, for instance, this classic uh, song, Dick Almighty. Here's a little excerpt <laughs> from the, uh, the song Dick Almighty. Dick so powerful shall kneel and pray, awaiting her time, hoping soon to slay. That dick will make a bitch cry when fucking a bitch that's tight inside. That dick has got a spell on you. Once it gets inside, you'll act the fool. That dick will make a bitch act cute. Suck my dick, bitch, and make it puke. Jump on it. Grab it like you want it. If you could wear a dick, bitch, you would flaunt it. That dick. Six so powerful, she kneeling pray, awaiting her time, hoping soon to slay. That dick will make a bitch cry when fucking a bitch that's tight inside. That dick has got a spell on you. Once it gets inside, you'll act a fool. That dick will make a bitch act cute. Suck my dick, bitch, and make it puke. Jump up on it, grab it like you want it. If you could wear a dick, bitch, you would flaunt it. That dick. <laughs> That dick. But see, that's where you get into the sticky area of what is <laughs> sticky. Uh, literary, artistic, political, or scientific value, right? Like, um, th- that's the debate. Wh- where, where, where is artistic value? Where do you, where do you define that? And, um, like, y- for example, like both you and I, Dave, I think we we agree that, like as you said, the album pretty much slaps. <laughs> Yes. Does that alone give it artistic value? So, like, for example, if if we were to put together an album that quote unquote slaps, and the lyrics though were all taken from uh, Adolf Hitler speeches, would, would that still have yes an artistic value? Sure. Yeah. Without hearing it, I couldn't uh, you know make any further judgment, but yeah. I mean, how do the two relate to each other? You know, I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think, you know, artistry is in the eye of the beholder, and I don't think any. There's very little I think should be banned. I agree. I do agree. 
Oren, what do you think about it all? <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, it's a tough one. Because I really don't think that people should be stifled. But I also I also think like like maybe they had a point with this one, you know. Maybe the parental advisory sticker wasn't enough. It was like maybe, you know, adult only rated R instead of like parental advisory kind of a thing, right? You know, um, same thing with. Yeah, that's that's an interesting question. Hmm. I can't say that I would justify any platform that elevates a, a, a Nazi idealism. Right. That's I, I, I can't. Right. Um, but also, you know, but the, the the flip side of that is you don't want you like you don't want things to be like creative things to be constricted. So if it was created in a way that was, you know, artistic, but then that's really, you know, not a, a structured idea that is that is very much a subjective thing. Um, it's it's hard to say. Uh, and I think maybe a cop-up would say, you know, case-by-case case basis. Um, but I think that maybe in, in, in that instance, like if somebody came out with just this like, killer album that just pushed Nazi idealism, and maybe that should be fucking banned, you know? Like maybe this really, really talented musician who was happened to be a fucking Nazi and wanted to sing about it, maybe that should be fucking banned. I don't know. I don't think I know enough about censorship and political correctness to, to, to truly weigh Dude, you've only something. been doing this podcast for almost a year. I know, but there's you know what? Like it's it's all been it's all been just personal reflection. Yeah. Which I guess is but kind I mean- of the basis of censorship anyway. We are like, according to the U.S. Supreme Court, we're just three average persons right. applying contemporary adult community standards, uh, and also being reasonable persons. All right. Well, so, don't ban this album. Punch Nazis in the face. That's my. <laughs> there we go. That seems fair. But, but Oren, but Oren. Yeah. The yeah. Nazi album fucking slaps. Like it fucking slaps. Punch him anyway. Just Listen to it and then punch him. Yeah, I'd be like, I, I, I like your, your tunes, they slap, but fuck Nazis, bam. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I shouldn't be trying to push Nazi ideals. That's definitely not my prerogative. No, no, no. It's just, I think, like, you know, how how far does uh, artistic value or literary value go? Like, how far can you go? And still say this is a work that has artistic or or literary value. Okay, um, it's kind of what my hypothetical question was, and I, I wasn't expecting anyone to go. It's here. This is exactly the line where it is. You know what? Um, I think I can almost give you a line in this in this album, though. Okay, in the uh, album, in this album, in this album, I think I think that where maybe they pushed it too far were the lines that involved things that were less consensual. I agree. There's a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. of that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've got a few of them too. 
Oh, I might. I think I might have deleted one because I kind of had a, a similar issue with it. But if we go right to like, mm-hmm. so the album opens on "Me So Horny," right? Big yeah. song, great song, banger of a tune. Oh uh, yeah, that's a good tune, that's right? Good. It's a it's it's lasted the the years. So it opens <laughs> yeah. on a sample from Full Metal Jacket, uh, mm-hmm. with the the "Meet Me So Horny" thing, and. Uh, and then also a movie called Which Way Is Up, which starred Richard Pryor um, from 1977. And there's a lot of Richard Pryor samples throughout this. Right, definitely. It's, there's an influence there. He was an orange picker who inadvertently becomes a... He's forced out of town uh, to leave his sexually obsessed father. And they use this, like, some moans from a scene where some chick's getting banged through a door or something like that. Uh, so in Me So Horny, one of the verses, uh, verse four delivered by Fresh Kid Ice is, it's true, you were a virgin until you met me. I was the first to make you hot and wetty, wetty. You tell your parents that we're going out, never to the movies, just straight to my house. You said it yourself, you like it like I do, put your lips on my dick and suck my asshole too. I'm a freak in heat, a dog without warning, my appetite is sex, cause me so horny. It's true you were a virgin until you met me. I was the first to make you hot and wet tea, wet tea. You tell your parents that we're going out. Never to the movies, just straight to my house. You said it yourself. You like it like I do. Put your lips on my dick and suck And that's like that's the album in a nutshell, right? Right, there. Yeah. 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 But also but also Super consensual in that sense, right? Like no, nothing about that was like yeah, that right. bit was still consensual yeah. as far as I could consensual. tell. Yeah. You are right. Um, there was li- there was a line I, d- I don't have it written down, but it was something about grab a bitch by the hair, throw her on the floor. That part stuck out to me. I don't know. I I, I should have wrote it down. I'm sorry. I apologize for not doing that. Um, but there was a couple. Like there was that one specifically that stuck out in my head. Um, there was a one song that was like put it in the bum that didn't really seem super consensual in that sense. Like it was all about like sex and then it was just like, put it in the bum, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was a couple of times within this album. Um, but I got to say like the majority of the album was, was very, I think sexually liberating. Um, yeah. And sex positive, sex positive for sure. Uh, but definitely a couple of points um, that were problematic for me. Like, I do think, yeah. and and I, I don't know uh, what this actually means, but I think what you're referring to as put her put it in the bum was put her in the buck. Oh, well, that's, I don't know what that means, but that sounds oh. way better than put it in the bum. Well, it is yeah. put her in the <laughs> buck, and I can actually okay. disclose what we're talking about there. The buck okay, is a sexual position. And okay. in, in verse two of Put Her in the Buck, Brother Marcus uh, explains explains, it? explains what Put Her <laughs> okay, in the Buck okay. is. Um, okay. It's a position in sex. It's done by the masters. It ain't the 69 or what you learned in class. It increases the intensity of a fuck. Legs up high, <laughs> known as the buck. It's the only okay. way to give her more than she wants. Like the doggy style, you get all the cunt. Because all men try real hard to do it, to have her walking funny, we try to abuse it. A bitch think her <laughs> pussy can do it all, so we try real hard to just bust the walls like this. <laughs> and then you do the buck. 
So what's the buck, though? That doesn't really explain what the buck is. The the buck is like t- it's, it's, it's the two legs, position. like it's they're a, you're holding yeah. her by her ankles. Those feet, her feet are facing the ceiling, and you're just like right, yeah. You're saying oh, I'm so glad we were doing video calls as you do that, Dave. So <laughs> we, like can, this. we can see you. You got to do the up. flying V, and uh, yeah, and then just uh, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, that one. Okay, that's one. That's one other way. But Say still, the lower intestine. You know. <laughs> um yeah but i think there was still the the hair pulling thing there was one down about, on the floor there was another uh, one there was one about like you go down on me but then like if you want me to eat your pussy i'm gonna choke you out there was oh yeah, yeah i think i remember that yeah, and that's that yeah there. that's some but i think that's i mean but i think overall sex positive Definitely. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. overall like, these I mean, guys even, like, weren't getting enough fellatio. Like that's what I <laughs> even in the if you look at put her in the buck specifically, like it, it seems like like you know a lot of times guys have this reputation about just wanting to get their own rocks off and not caring about whether the woman has any pleasure. You know, obviously with put her in the buck, the whole idea is like this is something that's going to drive her wild. So like even that is like these guys care about to some extent occasionally, <laughs> you know, what their partner is experiencing, right? So I want to talk a little more about just the really amazing sampled music throughout this album. You know, I was, okay. yeah, please uh, do. I was, yeah. I was discussing Mr. Mix of two live crew, uh, AKA David Hobbs, uh, born September, 1963, but like he sampled really cool stuff. And that's why I need to know his name because I'm assuming, you know, the turntablist is responsible for pulling this stuff and getting it onto the album. I mean, for one, we got vocal samples from Stanley Kubrick's Full Metal Jacket. I mean, if that's not rock and roll, I really don't know what is. Um, <laughs> what else? Yeah, we got Andrew Dice Clay stand-up. There's a lot of stand-up in this. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not the only one. There's Cheech and Chong uh, on yeah. here. Uh, there's Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. Yeah, um, that was a, that, I like the way that one was, was done. Yeah. Well, that was done with multiple other samples as well. Yeah, like that, that one, led into a, a different yeah. sample, but I, I really dug it. Yeah, just they just barely used it, but they threw it there. Van Halen's "Ain't Talking About Love" is on this mm-hmm. album. Just that that guitar riff, um, the do 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 wow wow wow, and then like there's <laughs> Beastie Boys like drop. They have that BC Boy sample in yeah. there. Jimi yeah. Hendrix's yeah. "Voodoo Child" is on here. Yeah. Um, there's some Eddie Murphy from Eddie Murphy comedian, one of his stand-up specials. I mean, uh, there's a, oh right, there's a, a the guitar riff from Beatles Day Tripper is in here, but it's re-recorded. Yeah. It's not oh, um, okay. It's not the initial riff. Oh, that's why it sounded. It's different. definitely okay. different. That are they, they? It says here replayed excerpt of the guitar riff. Yeah, so it's replayed. It's right. recorded by somebody else. But still, like we have the Beatles, Guns and Roses, uh, Van. I swear Halen, to God, there was a Metallica Boys. riff too. Uh, no Metallica riffs. I think. What? Uh, yeah. No Metallica riffs. What? Uh, title phrase sampled from Richard Pryor recording. So yeah, this was um, this has been. I think it was the first uh, album that was ever uh, uh, you know found to be obscene mm-hmm. legally, and I haven't. I didn't actually look to see if anything has been found obscene since. I'm sure. Um, I guess I could look right now. Yeah, why not? Obscene albums. How would podcasts go before Google? We'd just be like, hey, we never researched this thing. I don't know. 
I mean, yeah, it was called that. television, but, and they would spend weeks <laughs> in libraries and shit. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. But now it's like it's like we can just like let's cut this section, let's do a Google search, and then yeah, instead of saying yeah. I don't know if this is a fact, we'll just come back it's, like this is how it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. <laughs> We've done that a few times in the podcast. There's lots of band um, album covers. When have you guys ever listened to an album and heard porn on it? I can think uh, of so was there porn in this album? There was definitely porn on this album for sure. Like there like was, like audio pulled from pornography. It must have been. The way she was yelling uh, to get it harder and come on uh, me and come on my face and come in me, that had to I don't know where you get that if you don't get it from porn. Let's actually go back to Or you get porn. somebody to you actually get Well yeah, I'm like I don't remember there it. being any uh references to porn in the Wikipedia list of things they pulled from. Definitely. They might have just got somebody to come into the studio and fucking say those lines. It was it was pulled from somewhere. Um, like the moans, moan the moans from "Put Her in the Buck" are also from the song "Jungle Fever" by uh, I think the Chacachas. I can't pronounce that, but the Chacachas that had moaning from the song "Jungle Fever." They may have just recorded their own moaning too. <laughs> have sex on that album. But. There's lots and lots of moaning. Yeah, the only other album I can think of that had that was Super Sexy Swinging Sounds by uh, Rob Zombie, or White Zombie mm. back then. Yeah, I don't think I've ever heard an album with porn on it, but, you know, it's it's not like I would immediately go, Hey, I <laughs> that recognize that from Backdoor Buttholes number seven. It just really sounded like porn, and I mean, like, that's just, you gotta say that about it. Like, there's portions of tracks that sound like they're sampled from a pornography. And I mean, that's the sound they were looking for, I guess. It was. Yeah. It was as nasty as they wanted to be. Exactly. As nasty as they wanted to be. No more. No less. They knew what they wanted. They (laughs) put it out there. That's right. As a bunch of hard-dicked pussy purveyors. Um, So, before we close things up. Yes. You guys happen to remember that like really bluesy song that they they did yep okay <laughs> so yes um there was a whole lot of like it started out with like how could you cheat on me how could you do that to me and then it was like i broke up this happy home and then it was like i slept with this woman on the street it really like had just such this like <laughs> this shift it was like you cheated on me oh my god but i like i'm a fucking slut um, so i decided to rewrite the entire song into four lines and i wouldn't oh i would okay. love to sing it for you if you don't mind you've truncated the song sure. a little bit okay it might take me a couple a couple of times because it's been a while since i've actually heard the song so i might get to like this was uh this wrong. was um the the two live blues they called it with the being a number two <laughs> two live blues okay. yeah and it went bow, 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 bow. exactly exactly you were sleeping with another man bow, down yeah. down down how could you do that to me bow, down 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 i broke up a happy home and probably got an STD. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that the song in a nutshell? That's the song in a nutshell. Yeah, that's uh, that's about all you need to know about that song. 
All right. That was a great tune, man. There were a lot of great tunes on this thing. I mean, Reggae Joint was very cool. Totally That was fun, too. Yeah. I did think the album had a bit of a story to tell. Like, it definitely, at the beginning, it was all about, like, fucking bitches and partying. And by the end, they were a little bitter. Like, the last three, four, five, six. Yeah, they, there was a lot of that. And then, <laughs> yeah. Right near the end, though, like, um, uh, Badass Bitch and, like, Get the Fuck Out of My House isn't about being yeah. stoked on your lady, right? And so, like, right. as the album went on, you know, like, my so at, near the end, it goes, My Seven Bizzos, which is his seven chicks for seven days of the week. And then he's like, yeah. and then the next song is like, <laughs> you know what? I'm done with your shit. Get the fuck out of my house. And, like, <laughs> so definitely by the end of the album, it's, like, got a different vibe than the beginning. The beginning's all about, like, getting it on and the end is kind of like well it's time for you to leave and i thought that that's was a, a bit of a journey there yeah that's an interesting thing to point out i kind of missed that because like i said i was zoning out on the lyrics a little bit by the time i was halfway through and uh i, I did miss that journey but that's an interesting thing to point out that again that's something that could be argued as far as the artistic merit of the album is that this is you know it is telling a story in a limited sense and it is a journey of like here the ladies are awesome and over here it's like oh my god i'm so tired of all these ladies get the fuck out of here exactly. i don't know if it was like all i don't know if it was all these ladies i think it was like it's that's a tough one because like that especially with that that two life blues one you know like it started out with like you were sleeping with another man you know like it was like as much as this 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 album was sex positive, they still had this like this mon- this monogamy to some of these songs, especially when it came to the man, right? It was and like, that's a point too. I yeah, can might sleep be... with as many people yeah. as I want, but like I just I want you as my main bitch. It's kind of like you know that that it's is kind of a juxtaposition, right? That is, you're very correct there. That's what the two live blues lyrics are like. It's, you know, I bring home the bacon, I put it in your hand, but behind my back, you've been seeing another man. Now, I just, <laughs> I just cut about three, <laughs> I cut three bitches out of that phrase. But, you know, that's, that is the sentiment there for sure. Yeah. Uh, worth noting that following uh, this album, they put out the single Band in the USA. Mm-hmm. Um, which used with permission uh, the uh, the music from Born in the USA. Bruce Springsteen gave them the rights to use the music, <laughs> um, and uh, they just man, they were so good at like you know finding controversy and then finding ways to like turn that controversy into even yeah. more sales and uh, and whatever else. I mean, whatever whatever else you think of them, I think you got to at least respect them for. That kind of business savvy, um, they and whether they whether it was whether it was business savvy or not, like it was just like they just didn't give a fuck. I think. I I think there was that. I think things like the band in the USA. I think that was an intentional thing of like we've been like we're now known as this band that went almost to the Supreme Court over obscenity. Now let's revel in that. Like, let's promote that that's who we are. This is the, we're going to put out this song that's just reveling in the fact that they tried to ban us and we're still fucking here. Okay. Okay. You know, okay. I think, I think that was very intentional. Uh, and that was our, our journey through as nasty as they want to be by two live crew. And apparently uh, they want to be very, very nasty. Very, very nasty. Um, but still mostly sex positive and, uh, and consensual. Any final thoughts? 
it's aptly titled it's very aptly titled uh it truly is as nasty as they want to be and it's self-indulgently so and to to that i tip my cap uh but in my personal time i'm not sure if any of it's making my personal playlists yeah you're not ending in adding any of these to any of your upcoming shows dave Definitely not going to be playing any of this live, um, but I mean, there was a tune or two that I thought I might toss in a playlist. I should maybe be a little bit kinder to it. There was some decent material there. Um, I think as a listener, if you're going to go out there and maybe give it a listen, Coolin, right on the end of the albums, like Cool, I-N, Coolin is pretty darn mm-hmm. good. I really enjoyed that. And Two Live Blues, for all that it's bad, has something going for us. <laughs> And, uh, so. and and honestly, be so horny if you can handle it. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah, it's a little overplayed in my mind. I like those yeah. deep cuts. But yeah, you're right. You're right, Todd. It's a great song. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, it's the first. It's the first single, so that's not a deep cut at all. You know, I I it wasn't great in my opinion. Like, there's nothing. But I don't want to. I don't want to knock it either. Like, it, there was there was something about it that was redeeming. Um, I think it's definitely something that if you are a sex positive and curious individual, check it out because they just do not pull punches in this album. Um, a couple of times felt a little uncomfortable, but it's art, you know, I gotta say, um, I, I can't even imagine this coming out in in that time. Like I I, mm-hmm. I I can't even like I can't because I was only one when this came out. But when I think about like the sorts of things that were controversial even ten years ago, the fact that this came out almost oh yeah nearly over thirty years ago because I, I just forgot mm-hmm. I'm thirty three so fuck me I'm old as shit. But yeah, this came out over thirty years ago. Um. It's it's kind of unreal a little it, it, in in a way. Um, so I think definitely if you're a curious soul, check it out. I'm with Dave though. I don't think there's really a whole lot on this album that's going to stick with me for a long time. But I am really glad that I listened to this and got to kind of experience that a little bit. I mean, I give it. I give it. Uh, I don't know. How many erections out of possible <laughs> I was going to say, I'll give it six massive cocks out of ten. <laughs> yeah, this this album definitely gets 11 like fat, massive black cocks out of ten. Like, definitely. There you go. You liked it and that I would much? Say, you liked it? Th- okay. Okay. I, on I, that scale. On that particular scale. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say, like, if you are running a sex club in Florida or anywhere else, or if you're planning, like, a sex party in your home... There are probably worse things that you could put on your stereo to get the mood going. Um, this might be a, a good go-to, or at least pick a few of these tracks to put into your uh, uh, your uh, your track list or whatever. So that's uh, that's what I would say. Thanks everyone for listening to yet another episode of When Bad Things Happen to Good People. Uh, thanks to Dave Colmine for joining us once again. Thank you so Thank you, much, Dave. Mysteries and Madness. Check everything out at theclubhouse.ca. Thank you. Yes, go check that shit out. It's good stuff. You can find more about uh, this podcast and uh, other podcasts that I am on at the website, blah, 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 media.com, as well as ways to support us over there via Patreon or buy me a coffee 
or uh, buying some of our merch. We've got some uh, some cool merch available at our merch store. Um, Merchandise. That's blah, 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 media.com. Go give it a look. Or, Do we have uh, or any don't. band things merch or is it all? No, we don't. So. <laughs> it's it's all we don't. It's all half we don't, cut conspiracy merch. It's all half cut conspiracy merch for That's now. Okay. For now. That's okay. I've got designs. We just got to come on. up with something funny. That's all. Yeah. Well, no, I, I still want to do a go read a fucking book shirt. Okay, we can do a go read a fucking that's, book that's, shirt. That's, that's like, obviously that what should, should be the first that one. That should happen. I yeah, see, right? I, I would own that shirt. I've been Todd Sullivan. I'm Oren Barter. Hey, I'm guest host Dave Coleman. Guest co-host. I need to do that again. Hi, I'm guest tri-host Dave Coleman. <laughs> that's time to go read a fucking book. Coalmine the Third reads The Fuck Shop by Brother Marquis, Mr. Mix, and Luther Campbell. There's only one place where we can go, where the price is right just to fuck a hoe. It's always popular with the girls and the guys, because for all my money, it's the best buy. Ten dollars, two hours, it's the time of the stay. It's more than enough to time to slay. Each room has a bed and also a sink, so you can wash your dick after fucking the pink. But be careful of the things that you use, because you can get arrested for sexual abuse. So as you hit the door and the panties drop, a lot of sucking and fucking at the fuck shop.